I had something that I was potentially going to share yesterday, and then I woke up this morning and just got hit. The Lord just hit me. Um, I was sitting, how many of you have like a chair that you do your quiet time in? No, is that just me? I have my chair. It's like my morning chair. I sit in it every morning that I can, and I open my Bible, and this particular morning, um, I opened it this morning, I, I went and I sat down in my chair, and immediately, I felt the Holy Spirit say, I've been waiting for you. I said, Lord, what do you mean you, you've, you've been waiting for me? And he said, I've been waiting for this moment. Just to be with you, Andrew. And I just started to cry. Because I realized that I've had a lot of moments over the past couple of weeks where I've, I've, it's not that I haven't spent time with him, it's that my time hasn't been undistracted. And when I sat down in that chair, I had that realization in my heart, I was like, this is what I've been yearning for. It's just to sit and to be with the Lord, not to do more things for him, not to make quiet time a law or to make it this religious thing, but literally just to be with the Lord. And in that moment when the Holy Spirit said that to me, he said, I've been waiting for you. Do you know that the realization is this morning that God's actually, he desires to be with you even more than you desire it? Like, do we realize that? It's what Jesse was talking about, about the Father. The Father God in heaven actually desires to be with you even more than you could imagine. So this isn't going to be a this isn't going to be like a 12-page sermon this morning. I just I felt like the Lord shifted my heart and I was listening to a um, my granddad, Dr. Roy Fish was a professor at Southwestern right here for 46 years. And the class that he's probably most famous for is evangelism. But he taught a number of other classes as well. And they recently, Southwestern put out a video about him this week. And I watched the video and just bawled my eyes out. Because I was hit with the reality of like, of everything that he did, what he was doing in the video in the voiceover is he was, he was speaking to the staff and students probably during a chapel time. And he was saying, there's going to be a temptation to leave your first love. And that just hit me so hard where I was like, oh my goodness. There's going to be a temptation to be so distracted, so busy, so full that we actually don't, we actually aren't putting him first. Colossians talks about this. Paul 
in Colossians verse chapter 1, he says, He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself would come to have what? Preeminence or first place in everything. In everything. That, that phrase, first love, most of you probably know where that comes from. It's Revelation 2. When John is having the vision and the angel is giving him a letter for the church at Ephesus. And what he sees is he says, he sees, I see that you've done all these deeds. It even says, I've seen your toil. That word toil is a really strong word. Toil means you are working really hard. You're toiling after something. He says, I've seen all of these things, but I have this against you. You've left your first love. Why does he say that? Because you can do things for the Lord and not be with the Lord. You can do things for the Lord and not spend undistracted, undevoted time with him. What does he care about? He doesn't care about your list, your resume of things that you've done for him. He cares about you being with him. He cares about you spending time with him. So this morning, I just, I really felt that there was this, almost this, for me at least, there was this like reset moment where the Lord was, it's almost like a chiropractic adjustment. It's like he's adjusting my focus, and he's saying, you need to focus in on the one thing. It was David's cry. One thing I've asked of the Lord, right? Psalm 27, we all know it. One thing I've asked of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. But I love the next part, to behold the beauty of the Lord. You dwell in his house, but what does behold mean? When you behold something, it's like you're taking hold of it. You're, you're focused. You're, you're locked in to behold the beauty. So I dwell in his house. I say, Lord, I dwell. The Holy Spirit's within me, dwelling within me. But I'm going to make a conscious decision to behold his beauty. To lock eyes with him. In Matthew 10, when Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler is unable to come in to the kingdom of God, not because he doesn't know the law, because he knew the commandments. In fact, that's the first thing Jesus says. He says, well, do you know the commandments? And all of a sudden, you know, he, he's able to regurgitate information. What he's not able to do is lay his life down. So God doesn't care about information. He cares about our lives being a living sacrifice, like it says in Romans 12. Present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. That is your spiritual act of worship. And then in Luke 10, we have Mary and Martha. Jesus is sitting there, 
And Martha is distracted. She's doing things for the Lord. She's serving him. What she's not doing is being with him. It's one of the greatest one of the greatest burnout moments in ministry is when you're doing a lot for the Lord and you're not being with him. Do you want to know what one of the number one pastor burnout moments is? It's when you find that you're running on empty. But your ministry can thrive that way. You can have a thriving ministry but still not actually have intimacy with the Lord. And that's very concerning. In fact, Jesus mentioned it several times, right? So I just felt this call this morning back to a place of putting him first in our lives. Because listen, the spirit of the world will try to get you to focus on so many other things. Even good things, but things that pull you away from him. There's a queen in 1 Kings chapter 16 named Jezebel. And Jezebel marries King Ahab. Jezebel was a Phoenician princess. And she marries King Ahab in 1 Kings 16. What happens next is the next five chapters are riddled with Jezebel essentially running the kingdom, not King Ahab. Why? Because Jezebel's focus was all about getting Ahab's attention off of the Lord and onto her or onto Baal. See, the world tries to come in just like Jezebel and say, your focus needs to be here. Your focus, your attention needs to be here. Your attention needs to be on yourself. And I believe that one of the things the Lord is doing is he's breaking off the spirit of Jezebel and he's reorienting us. He's refocusing us back to him. The one thing. told you I don't have any notes today. I'm just rolling. In John 15, Jesus makes it very clear that you cannot abide apart from the vine. You cannot abide apart from the source. Because if you're not connected to the source, then you're you're just running around. It's like you're just running around and doing things, but you're not actually connected and focused on him. And this morning, when I sat in that chair, I I felt that conviction of the Lord that I've I've even been, I've been reprioritizing things over time with the Lord. I'm not here to, listen, I'm not here to bring, there's not shame or condemnation this morning. This is an invitation. And I just felt this thing in my heart, like I've got, for the sake of what the Lord is doing, 
And I'll be honest, it hasn't been an easy couple of weeks for me. I've been battling some health things and struggling with some anxiety around it. And this morning when I sat in that chair, I just bawled my eyes out because I felt the Holy Spirit's heart say one of the reasons why you're struggling with this is because you've been so distracted. You've been unwilling to have undevoted, undistracted, unhindered time where you're sitting with me, not focused on other things. Because listen, when, when Jesus, in Matthew 24, when he says, those who endure to the end, when he says that statement, the enduring to the end are those that are so locked, they're focused in on being with him, on, on just sitting at his feet like Mary and just being in that place, those are the ones who will endure, not because they've done a lot of things, but because they know who they need to be with constantly. Amen. And when I had that realization this morning, I was like, this is what I've been missing. And immediately, I just felt lighter. I felt something break off where it was like I've been spending time doing other things. And it's not that the things were bad. It's just that I have to focus and I have to make the one thing of soul importance. And that is being with the Lord. And you can be with him wherever. But I want to encourage you, some in this room, you need to be and actually step away. And you need to sit in your chair and be undistracted before the Lord. Notice, many times, Jesus was doing so many things. In fact, he preached to 5,000. But then it says he what? He went away to be with the Lord. Why would Jesus have to do that? Because even Jesus understood that, that ministry, public ministry only comes from a place of private intimacy. Oh, I can't tell you how many sermons I've preached that have been more about just preaching a sermon than it has been about intimacy with the Lord. A lot. My ability to have authority, my ability to have peace, my ability to endure to the end only comes in my ability to be in a place of intimacy with the Lord. Because I'm telling you, if you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling in relationships this morning, if you're struggling with your finances this morning, if you're struggling with your health, we can break things off, we can go after breakthrough, we can have the mountaintop moments. But when Wesley talked about the table, one of the things he was talking about is he was saying, you need to come to the table of the Lord. And when you come to the table of the Lord, there's breakthrough for you in that place of intimacy. And I just felt this drawing, this drawing of the Lord to say, come be with me. How is it that you cannot worry about tomorrow and let tomorrow take care of itself because you're with him?
So I just want to encourage you. This is just my pastoral exhortation this morning. Spend time with the Lord. And listen, don't make it a religious thing. Don't, don't turn it into this law thing. So many people are like, oh, but, but then I have to, you know, I have to do it this way, and I have to do it that way, and it has to look exactly like this, and it has to look exactly like that. That's not the point. The point is however it looks for you to have undistracted devotion to the Lord. I'm just telling you, there are fewer things that we could talk about that are more important. Because everything, everything in my life, everything stems from the place of intimacy before the Lord. We say this a lot. When we talk about vision and when we talk about things that we're doing even as a staff, we talk about influence. And we say that you only are influential for the Lord as you are intimate with him. Intimacy. That's the longing of his heart. It's intimacy. It's drawing you. It's saying, I want you to come and I just want you to be with me. That was the cry. And Jesus echoed that cry on behalf of the disciples in the high priestly prayer in John 17. When Jesus says, Lord, I desire that they would be with me to see my glory. Oh, come on. Can you imagine this? Jesus is writing on behalf of those that have walked with him, saying, I know that I'm about to go to the Father, and my desire as I go to the Father is that these would be with me and that they would see my glory. It says in Hebrews that Jesus is making intercession to the Father on behalf of you. Did you know that the Holy Spirit inside of you is making intercession to Jesus? It's the Trinity, it's beautiful. So as we spend time with him, the Holy Spirit within us makes intercession to Jesus, who's making intercession to the Father. But we need to just spend time. I just feel this drawing, like don't lose sight of the one thing. The one thing. If I could get keys, I don't know what I'm doing. We're just going to pray. I know this, this was a different morning. But all morning we've been singing about it. We've been talking about it. Adam and Eve in the garden, it says they were unhindered. God was walking with them in the garden. The only thing that got in the way was what? Sin. The serpent got in the way. And we all know the story. He tempted Eve, tempted Adam. They ate the apple, and then we had the fall of man. What happened when Jesus came in through the cross? What happened? Jesus broke down all of the barriers that we used to have in the Old Testament where we had to come to a priest 
and present a sacrifice. Jesus is our high priest. We don't have to, I don't have to come this morning and I, I don't have to make a sacrifice for that and a sacrifice for this and we have to have 12 bulls and five goats and two rams and do all this swirl of stuff. We just get to come before Jesus because now when Jesus ascended to the Father, he said, it's better that I go so that you can have the helper. The Holy Spirit is inside of you desiring that you would just say, Holy Spirit, you can have all of me. And now, just like in the garden, it's that undistracted thing. The Holy Spirit inside of you is saying, I just want you to come and just be. So can we stand? I'm just going to pray. If you really feel this on your heart, if you're like, I want to take a step this morning, I just want to invite you to come to the front. we just thank you we thank you God for we thank you that you are drawing us deeper you're drawing us deeper as a house you're drawing us deeper as a people you're beckoning us deeper Lord just as I did this morning, Lord, I, I just, I repent for putting other things above you. I repent for being so busy that I actually lose sight of the one thing that matters more than anything else, and that's just to be with you. Some of us have used the excuse that we're too busy. Lord just wants to come in and he just wants to say, hey, like, I'm here. Just be. Lord, we, we repent for ways, for things that we put above you. Jason talked about money, but anything else, Lord, that we have, we have actually made, we've put above you that's not supposed to be above you because you must be our one thing exodus 34 god says i the lord am a jealous god what's he jealous for he's jealous for your attention he's jealous for your focus he's jealous for you he's jealous for your heart he's jealous that we would put him first in everything, that he may have preeminence, that he would be first above my job, above my family, above my relationship, above my marriage, above everything else, Lord, we place you first. And we ask this morning, Lord, that there's a returning there's a cry that's beckoning in your people this morning that says, come back. It's the first love cry that says, Jesus, you are our first love. 
You are first. Come what may, the only way that I can get through trials, the only way that I can get through and make it through, as it says in Matthew 24, those who endure to the end, is if you are first in our life. If you occupy, if you're Lord. And so Jesus, we just, I just humble myself this morning, and I just say, would you take the things and reprioritize my life? refocus it back to you Lord areas of my heart that need to be refocused areas of my priorities in life that need to be refocused in order for me to come and to just be filled by you Lord Some of you, the Lord's beckoning you right now with that same cry, that same call that he spoke to me this morning. He's saying, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting for you to sit in the chair and to just say, Lord, what do you want to talk to me about today? Jesus, would you birth a passionate cry in our hearts of intimacy? Would you allow our hearts to burn? Jesus. 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 And Lord, we just break off. break off distraction we break off worldly distraction things that have tried to pull us away from you foundation from which everything builds, the firm foundation. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I want people to look at my life and not even see all the things that I've done for you, but to see the heart that's humbled before you. The heart that cries out, even as Jesus did, he says, Abba, Father. How was it that Jesus was able to say, they know not what they do and they forgive them? It's because of this relationship with the Father. Lord, we just break off the mindset that our culture has put in, Lord, that everything should be about independence. 
Lord, it's not about independence. It's about dependence. It's about dependence upon the Lord. It's about soul dependence upon Him that He becomes everything. Lord, I don't want to be independent. I want to be so dependent that everything that I do stems from my dependency upon the Lord. also just break off any shame or condemnation, Lord, in the name of Jesus. This isn't about doing more. It's about just reprioritizing and saying, Jesus, how can I refocus back? What do I need to do to refocus where there needs to be refocusing? about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. our schedules, how we can, how we can just take a moment and just reorient and say, Jesus, what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? What do you want to say to me right now? team come up if you need prayer I just want to encourage you to come 
Come let one of these pray for you. I just want to leave this, leave the altar open. I feel like the Lord is just pouring. He's just, it's almost like I just see him saying, here I am. Here I am. Just stay.